trenches. I'll get back up, it's not as if I've never done this. But then again, the game is changing. Can't just come back, jump on the. This is Minor Interruption. I'm Marcus Blewett. And I'm Becky Vivi. In our intro this week, you heard two songs that Marcus and I have been listening to a lot lately. Marcus, what song did you pick? My song was Show Me by Kid Ink and Chris Brown. What was yours? I picked Sheezes by Lily Allen, which is completely on repeat at my house right now. Um, why'd you pick the one you picked? That song is just so catchy to me. Like It's a, it's kind of like a, a party song. And so when you hear that song, you automatically just start dancing. So I like that song a lot. Why did you pick the song that you picked? Yeah, I think um, the whole album is one that I've just... Since I've downloaded it, I listen to it constantly. Right now I'm packing up my apartment because I'm about to move. And it's like my packing song. <laughs> it's the song <laughs> I listen to just because it keeps me upbeat and I really like her voice. She's sort of hip-hoppy even though she's a female singer. So mm-hmm. I like her voice mixed in with this kind of other type of music. So what do you usually listen to? I'm a lot of hip-hop and rap music. That's pretty much how I listen to. I listen to a couple of pop songs, but not too much. So I kind of just stick with that genre of music. Yeah, favorite. What's your favorite radio station? Um, you can you cannot say WGCI. <laughs> um, 107.5 WGCI is my favorite radio station. Got it. Cool. Yeah. I listened to a lot of 93.1. So enough about us. On this week's episode, we are talking all about music, particularly Chicago musicians. Chicago is home to lots of talented youth musicians. Trending Rex and Tess Considine are just two examples of the diamonds that are found in Chicago when it comes to talented musicians. Trending Rex is a band that made up of Claire Bryan, Zach Silver, and Ingrid Reed. Tess Constantine stands alone as a solo artist, but with her talent, she competes at the level or even better than some bands. Both Trending Rex and Tess Considine stopped by WBEZ to promote the bitter jester battle of the bands on the North Shore over the 4th of July. They came in to perform some of their songs, and we spoke with them at length about their musical backgrounds, their future, and preparing for performances. Hi, I'm Tess Considine. I'm a sophomore at North Shore Country Day School. My name is Claire Bryant. I just graduated Libertyville High School as well. I am Ingrid Reed, and I just graduated from Libertyville High School. I'm almost 18. Uh, I'm Zach Silver. I'm 18 years old. Uh, Nicholas DeGrazia. I'm 35, so I'm the elder in the room. Training Ricks. That is an interesting name for a band. How did you get that name of your band? So, Trending Rex... Um, the name is a two part, so it's you know two words. And trending, we thought like you know something like cutting edge sort of thing. Like we wanted to think of ourselves as like unique and you know hopefully someday you know trending on Twitter. But uh, <laughs> and um, Rex is actually the name of my dog. <laughs> um, obviously, it's not named after the dog. We just thought the two words sound cool together and you know piece together. We thought it was a pretty cool name. So. <laughs> How did you guys meet? Uh, so we all go to the same high school district. I go to a different school than them, but I met them. Um, I filled in for their jazz band at a, a jazz concert. I'm a bass player, and I play jazz bass. And I met them there. They were in the audience, and uh, that was the birth of this band. How long ago was that? 
Uh, that was uh, almost what a year ago. Uh, we, we've you know been playing music together as a band for a little bit less time, but I've known them for a while. Okay, so who are some of the artists or bands that influence you? All right, well, for Trending Rex, I think um, our song, our sound is so unique just because all of us kind of have very different musical backgrounds and interests. I know uh, Claire is like an Amy Winehouse fan, you know, Zach does a lot of uh, jazz music, and I'm all over the place because I'm a classically trained musician on cello, but I also play in rock bands, so from all over the place, and that's kind of where we get our unique sound. We add a bunch of cool instruments to it. You mentioned your own background. What other, what are your backgrounds, Claire and Zach? Uh, background, uh, been singing since kindergarten, and just love to do it. I was so excited when Zach came up to me and was like, hey, can you sing for like my band that I'm pulling together? And I was like, of course. <laughs> Zach's back. <laughs> Uh, so I've been playing um, in the orchestra at my school as a bass player. I started playing when I was too small to play the bass, but, um, and I you know, pulled that into playing the guitar also. Um, you know, I play jazz, I play classical, I play pretty much everything. I just love being involved with music. So Tess, how long have you been performing? I started performing in fourth grade. The first time was actually at this bar, but I had to do it before 7 o'clock or else I'd be kicked out. Um, and it was Christmas time in this small town, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which I go to for vacation. And there was an open mic, and um, I played my first song that I wrote then, so 10 years old. Do you remember what was the name of the song? Um, yeah, it's called um, I Live in Nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote it when I was there because I loved like all the like animals out there. It's, it's, I don't play it anymore, but um, it was a fun song that I wrote. Tess, what's your inspiration? Well, I have multiple artists that I really like look up to. Um, One is Bob Dylan. I love all his songs um, and his style. I also really love the voice of Florence Welsh and Florence the Machine. She's like a powerhouse. I love her voice. It's so strong and solid. She could just play on her own acapella. And I also really like... um, um, this one version by Bonnie Raitt of um, Angel from Montgomery. That's more of an old, like, um, classic country song, so a variety. Have you ever seen Florence Welch perform? No, but I've heard good things. Yes, I, I saw her a few summers back, and it's amazing. If you ever get the chance, you have to go see her yeah, perform. Yeah, I really want to. She, she just great. dances all over the stage. <laughs> She's crazy. That's awesome. And her voice is huge. I want to ask both groups about family support. How supportive do you feel your family's been in this whole process? of becoming performers? Okay, well, I mean, today in the studio, all of us have basically our whole family here. I think um, it's kind of funny when we make a Facebook group or an event page that's always like 12 people going and it's all our family for Trending Racks. So they've been super, super supportive about this and it's kind of a new thing for the three of us to get together. So it's been really awesome to see all of our families kind of working together and all coming and carpooling to all of our gigs. Yeah, and for me, um, my parents are always there, literally. Um, I'll I'll go to, like, a radio show, like, a month ago at 11 o'clock for, like, a midnight or 1 o'clock um, performance, or um, they'll fly with me to places to play at these, like, small cafes. Like, they'll do anything to help. 
Is it correct that you have an um, EP out? It's called yeah. Electricity? Yeah. I have an EP that came out last summer called Electricity. And um, in August, again, I'm going to do some recording as well. Okay. How well did that do? Um, I think that did pretty well for my um, first EP. I'm really happy with how it turned out. Originally, it was supposed to be just a project. I did it in this like small little room um, upstairs at this cafe um, blocks away from my house. And originally, I thought it was just going to be a project, but I um, decided to do more with it. Is it on iTunes, SoundCloud? Yeah, is, yeah it's, it's on, on iTunes, iTunes Spotify, um, CD Baby. Um, yeah. Okay. What about Trending Rex? You guys don't have any projects out yet? Uh, we're currently in the process of recording our first EP, which we hope to have released by the end of the summer. So what song would you say both of you guys um, has received the most positive feedback? Um, I would say Sleep Talking has got the most positive feedback just because it's like a crowd pleaser and everyone gets clapping during the vamp and it's so much fun to perform and it's just really awesome. <laughs> Um, for me, probably my song Blink and Hollow, and that's actually on the EP. And it's got a lot of attention. I thought that was not going to do as well, but surprisingly, it's done the best. And like people at my school, um, I don't even know some of these people, and they'll come up to me and start singing the song because it's like stuck in their head, like down the hallway. And I'll just like laugh because it's so weird for uh, to hear my song um, being sung by other people, but it's awesome. Here's Tess Constantine performing her song Honey.
That was Tess Considine performing her song Honey. So how were you guys introduced to Bitter Gesture, Battle of the Bands? Did you guys already know about it or saw a flyer? So I found out about this Battle of the Bands um, listening to Tess on WGN Radio back in May. Um, so after I heard her, I got in contact with Nick, you know, found out about the, the whole event, and uh, you know, I'm so happy that I did that. You know, I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I found out earlier. So in April, I got a, a message from Bitter Jester about um, participating in the battle, and I was totally up for it. And then also because I heard about it earlier on, um, Nick contacted me to see if I wanted to be interviewed on WGN. So I started promoting the battle by playing some of my songs beforehand. So you guys all keep mentioning Nick, and I want to bring Nick into the conversation. <laughs> Nicholas DeGrazia is the he is the org he is the organizer of the Bitter Gesture Battle of the Bands up in Highland Park on the fourth of July. Nick, tell us a little bit about this event and how you organized it and where you got the idea for it. So um, I have uh, played. In, I've played music for years and years. I haven't played any time recently just because I've been so busy. I've really been meaning to pick the piano back up again. But in uh, junior high and high school, I played piano for 11 years. I played trombone for a different 11 years. Um, trombone is my passion for sure. Uh, but after college, uh, I went into filmmaking, and I have just been so busy with that, and I love it. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to play music. So this event is partly because I'm sort of a serial entrepreneur. I can't not be doing something. So it's just my nights and weekends, and it's because I'm crazy, and I love to do this sort of thing. And I, I I jokingly say I get to live vicariously through the bands, but in a way it's kind of true because there's so much fun and excitement that I see happening on stage, especially on the 4th of July, that it's very infectious. So the way the competition works is that we have we have four or five bands that compete every Friday night in June, and I have three judges in the audience who pick a single winner. Those winners then advance to the semifinals on the 4th of July. And then we also pick uh, a wild card band because there, there are so many bands that participate, and usually there's, there are a few bands that do really well, and they, they either just don't, they just barely don't win, or they could have won if, it, you know, if there were different judges, or if, you know, if it had been a different night, or if the playing order had been different. There's so many factors. So I look at all of those things, and we pick a wild card band. This year we actually picked two wild card bands because there, it was just too close. There, there were so many good uh, participants. And then what happens is each of those bands then kind of have to reset. And all of the, the winners from the Friday nights and the wildcard bands are competing against each other for the very first time on the 4th of July in front of all new judges. And uh, the way the 4th of July works is I have the judges narrow those semifinalists down to two finalist bands. And then the judges are done. They're sort of out. And uh, what happens at that point is the two finalist bands then each play a single song back to back and then we have uh, we bring out a decibel meter provided by one of our sponsors and the audience cheers and we pick a winner based on cheering and, and applause. So it's a mix of impressing the judges, impressing the critics and impressing the fans and winning over the audience. I think it's a, it's a healthy mix of those two things. Right. And you mentioned the talent pool this year. How much of the talent pool that you're seeing come in, do you think can be directly attributed to formal music education or where do you think these kids are learning how to play instruments? That's a really good question. Um, one thing that we talked about earlier was just that kids who, uh, students, I should say, who, who are in band in school uh, are not necessarily in bands outside of school. And musicians who are in bands outside of school playing in garages and basements are, don't necessarily join band. It's just a very different cultural group. There is a little bit of crossover, 
Um, but for the most part, it's this odd sort of thing where these two groups of people don't really play together. And I know when I was in band in high school, there are a lot of really talented guitar players who we wished were in jazz band and they just weren't interested because they're either too cool for it or they're too shy, whatever the reason may- might be. And so it ends up being a mixture of the two. I, d- I don't know if I could really prescribe a percentage to it, but it seems like there is a healthy mix of people who are being formally educated by music educators and people who are either self-taught or who are just listening to albums and then they take lessons outside of school and it's kind of the secret thing that they're doing. Maybe so. they're learning on YouTube. I've heard a lot of people doing YouTube self-teaching. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask all the students, including Marcus, what sort of music education you've had as you've come up and learned and started performing. Um, well, starting in first grade, I did children's choir and then... Um, I really loved it and so then I started taking private voice lessons in second grade and I've been singing since then and at the beginning it was all classical music or musical theater and I really liked it but I felt a little bit out of place so then um, later on when I started taking guitar I started coming up with more melodies of my own and realized that I wanted to be um, a singer-songwriter so ever since like fourth or fifth grade I knew that I wanted um, to do that. I started playing in orchestra at my elementary school back in fourth grade. I started playing the bass there. Um, and then I just drew upon what I learned there. So I'm self-taught on the guitar, the piano, the harmonica, and the drums. Um, so I kind of have like the, a little bit of both worlds with that respect. I started singing in kindergarten. First day of kindergarten, we had our my first ever music class. And my music teacher she was unbelievable. The way she just conducted and was having so much fun and a smile on her face. Uh, Mrs. DePrima was her name. Uh, she actually pulled me aside one day and was like, you have an amazing voice. And I had no idea like I could even sing. And then she kind of just took me under her wing and gave me private voice lessons and kick, like was signing me up for stuff and kicked off the uh, road that I'm on now. Okay, so like Zach, I started playing cello in fourth grade through the school district. Um, I actually took piano lessons since I was very young. Um, But once I started cello, that was kind of my passion, and I took that as my main instrument. Um, And I played that throughout middle school and high school. In seventh grade, I received a bass guitar for Christmas, and my parents were so afraid that I was going to be some, like, metalhead junkie. But... um, just it ended up um, kind of integrating itself into the music that I love. So I play bass guitar in a punk band. I play with Trending Rex. I play cello with Trending Rex. So it's so cool. Um, in high school, I still played in orchestra and took to arranging some music. And I think I can speak for all of us. We're all going to go into music. So that's a passion that we've all harbored since we were very young. Unfortunately, in my elementary school, we had music class since I was, like, from kindergarten to fourth grade. And then I guess it wasn't in the budget anymore or anything because we stopped having music class and they got rid of our music teacher. And my high school wasn't fortunate enough to have music class, so I just don't have any experience in music. How do, Both of you guys, how do you prepare for a performance on um, Battle of the Bands? Um, for me... Well, I always get a little stressed out. Well, that's just part of my personality, so I get anxious, so I usually go on a run, and then um, I come back, and 
I just practice for an hour and I run the set usually twice. Um, and then I take a short break to usually eat something. And then I come back and I practice again. And then I go to the gig to set up. And um, yeah, that's my routine. Is it a time limit? Like how many songs do you perform? Um, well, it depends. For the Battle of the Bands, it was 20 minutes. So um, I played, I think, five songs of mine. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people try to like keep their mind off of the show to prepare, and I do not do that at all. <laughs> I, I am like a nervous wreck before I go play. I don't do anything else that day. I just like pace around my house, being like, "Okay, don't mess up." And uh, so far, so good. <laughs> usually, I think we're all kind of like that. I mean, that that's a musician's personality usually, but um, it's been so fun working with trending wrecks because we'll just have like house practices and order pizza and we're all in pajamas so it's kind of you know it's more of a bonding experience it makes us a lot less nervous as a singer prepping for the show it's like i take the entire week and i'm just like constantly hydrating and not talking I'll, I'll have a whiteboard and tell people like i'm sorry like i can't talk because my voice sometimes can be a little unpredictable so like i just gotta be so good with it and then after the show i'm finally like all right let's all go out and like have pizza at 12 o'clock at night and <laughs> scream our heads off you know it's it's actually interesting i i worked with an actor in la recently who um is does a lot of voiceover work, and he lit, his manager told me he he literally does not talk before ten in the morning. So he does his workout, he eats some food, he has a regimen of like very specific things that he eats, and I I think people listening might think that sounds crazy if they've never heard of it, but man, it, it is it's it's a very legitimate thing when your voice, especially when you get to a level where your voice is your income, you have to protect that like you know with, with a vengeance. So it's kind of interesting to hear you already thinking about those things. Oh my things. gosh, it is so funny because I'll have. I'll have people be like, you're crazy because, like, I have to be careful about what I eat. I'm constantly, like, like being careful about what I sleep, what I drink. I'm always writing stuff down like, okay, well, this morning when I did my vocal warm-ups, I hit a high E and then, like, I did this and I, like, uh, would do, like, how many cups of water I drank that day. And it's really just a job in itself keeping up with it, so – So tomorrow is you guys' last performance because it's the finale of Battle of the Bands, correct? And so how do you prepare mentally for this last performance, knowing that you guys can actually win? Uh, You know, really trying hard to not think about it as, you know, going out there and competing against these other bands. You know, everybody's a great musician. Uh, We we just want to go, you know, have a great time. We we would love to win, obviously. You know, that would be a great uh, experience. Uh, but, you know, we're going to try to have fun. You know, we're going to the Vernon Hills Parade tomorrow um, before uh, before the show. We're going to hang out with the other bands, you know, do, at our sound checks. You know, we're, we're excited to be there. We're excited for everybody to be there. So, you know, it, it's a, a pretty friendly spirit amongst all the competitors. Trending Rex, we want to hear one of your pieces, one of your songs. Could you tell us what you're going to play today? Uh, this song's called Pegasus.
keeping your head above the water With someone pulling you down I wouldn't let you drown You could use a hero right now Cause your troubles are like That was the band Trending Rex performing their song, Pegasus. Tess, how do you prepare for performances? Um, For me, um, tomorrow I'm just doing one of my songs, but I'm doing it right after the winners are announced, so I'm really excited. It's going to be all energized when I go on stage, and it's right before the fireworks, so I think it's a great time to go on, so I'm really pumped. 
And you are performing as the wild card, correct? No, I'm not. No. I'm I'm just a featured I'm a featured artist, and I'm going to do um, an original song. Tess, I want to ask you, what was it like doing this competition and that feeling when you found out you weren't advancing? Um, surprisingly, I was more okay with it than I thought I would be. Um, <laughs> well, I've been to that many competitions, so this is one of my first ones. Um, I think. Because I was one of the only solo artists, I could see why I lost, although I would love to win as a solo artist. Um, Personally, I think that what Bitter Dresser is looking for is bands and um, the tightness of a band. And I wanted to just participate for the fun of it. Um, I think maybe next year, if I do have a band, I'll for sure um, do it again. But I didn't really mind losing because... Every experience really counts and can just help towards better. So as you guys enter college, what are your plans for your first year in college? Okay. Um, Well, like I said, all three of us in Trending Recs are going into music. I'm going to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign for music education. Um, I mean, it's a four-year degree program, and I'm using cello as my main instrument, but I'm hoping to come out with a degree where I can be a middle school string director, like a music conductor in a school. Next year, I am, next year I will be attending Berklee College of Music in Boston. And my major will be professional music with obviously my voice as my instrument. And I'm really, really excited to see where that takes me. I'll be going to the uh, University of Illinois Wesleyan. Um, there I'm studying music and psychology uh, with the string bass as my main instrument. What are the future plans for Trending Rick since all you guys are going to different colleges? Uh, you know, we're really looking forward to coming back, you know, winter break, summer break, and playing together again. You know, maybe, you know, shoot some, some Skype uh, <laughs> messages across uh, the states that we're in. Um, you know, we'll be around. <laughs> You'll hear our name again. <laughs> And so, Tess, you're going to be a sophomore or a junior? I'm going to be a sophomore in high school, sophomore. yeah. So what are your plans as you continue your high school um, Well, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing, being in chorus and um, playing outside of school, playing more gigs, just getting every show I play, I feel like it's a step closer to my end goal, which is to be a professional um, singer-songwriter, wherever that takes me. Have you thought much about where you will go to college after or um, where you might move to? Um, I'm not sure yet. Obviously, I have dreams of living in either um, L.A. or I love Paris. And um, But for college, um, I don't have specific schools, but I know I want to go to either a fine arts school for music or just a liberal arts college so I can focus on music but other um, study other um, courses. And I know for sure I want to go on the West Coast. <laughs> Do you have more questions? Yeah, I have a question for Nick. So how many years have you been doing the Bitter Gesture Battle of the Bands? So this is our ninth year doing it, so I've been working on it for 10 years. Uh, next year will be our 10th anniversary and hoping to, to bring some new exciting things you know, to the competition. One of the things I've noticed is that as an event producer, promoter, 
um, you kind of have to always be adding something to your event or people stop coming. So if I do the same event two years in a row, the people don't really show up the third year. But if every year there's something new, then people start to tell their friends about it and then more people start coming and then other events and opportunities open up. So that's been the biggest challenge. Um, you know, we, we uh, get a lot of support from the city of Highland Park, but government municipalities are all about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So trying to push the envelope each year can be a challenge. And it's it really boils down to interpersonal communication. And then things like this, you know, doing this podcast and showing the, the people who are helping to foot the bill for this production, that really good things come out of it, even for people who don't win on the Friday nights, for example. Uh, and And I think that one of the most important things about this event for me is that it provides a networking opportunity for young musicians. You know, we, we purposefully encourage people to stay on the field during the sound checks because that's where you start to really connect with people. When you're in the concert mode, you know, you're focused on your music, you're nervous because you're about to play, or you're relieved because you've just played. You don't really have time to connect with people. So when you're doing your sound checks, you know, for four or five hours before the concert, that's where things are more relaxed. You're excited because you're about to go on the stage for the first time. And we've actually had uh, a band that met and formed because of this event. So they two different bands played against each other, and then six months later, they, the, the musicians bumped into each other at a concert in the city and they were like oh i recognize you from the bitter gesture battle of the bands and they started talking they they acknowledged that they really respected one another and they were like next year why don't we form a new band and compete and they did they didn't win but five years later actually as we speak they're they're on tour in canada still playing together and they just cut a uh, they cut an lp on vinyl recently which is really exciting and i love stories like that you know that's literally a case of two different groups that came together from different schools they very well likely never would have met otherwise and now they're forming a professional musical career together so i love that i wanted to quickly mention too the prizes that are are given out i think you know i I do struggle sometimes with the question well if you don't want bands to lose why are you having a competition and i really firmly believe that competition drives people to do things they wouldn't otherwise do and i'm using myself as an example i know nothing motivates me better than a deadline and sometimes the, a deadline with uh, a prize purse attached is a bigger motivation than just a concert. Because sometimes you could either, you know, it's easier to cancel a concert if you don't want to do it. It's easier to, to just be a little bit lazy and do music you've been doing and you know very well. Um, and a lot of times, too, when bands lose, they're, they're then writing new music to kind of show the judges next time that they've got it. So we do have prizes. Uh, the, the, the bands that win on their Friday nights get a $50 check from the city of Highland Park. And then they advance to the semifinals. And then on the 4th of July for the semifinals, we've actually this year raised uh, $8,500 in donated cash and prizes. So that includes the money from the city. So there's the $50 prizes on each of the Friday nights. The grand champion band will walk away with $400 and the runner-up band will walk away with $200. And uh, we also have, like Ravinia Festival has thrown in 24 pavilion seat tickets to a variety of shows that kind of get divvied up amongst the, the six semifinalists. Apt Electronics has donated $500 in gift certificates. We have a bunch of restaurants that have thrown in $25 and $50 and $75 and $100 gift certificates. Uh, and the, the, the Grand Champion Band will also be getting a $1,200 recording studio package from the Jam Lab in Brookfield. And um, that includes four hours of rehearsal time, four hours of studio time and consultation. And then they're actually going to mix a couple of songs and, and cut a CD. And there's a whole bunch of other prizes, too. So it's just it's, it's very cool. And nobody goes home empty handed. Is that the first year that you've done the studio prize? It's the first year that we've done the studio prize. I've been 
working my tail off to get these donations. And it's sales, baby, right? I mean, it's hard to call people like, hey, you want to give us money? I feel like this is a fairly easy sell because it's young musicians and I'm not making any money. So it's I can go out there and very comfortably say, hey, you're, this, all this is going right to the musicians. But it's it's tricky. And uh, this is a new venture for me going into recording studios and kind of begging and saying, hey, we've got these really talented bands. Would you donate time? Because as someone in the, in the entertainment service industry, I know how valuable my time is. And a stranger calling me up, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only person asking them. And so, you know, studios that are willing and interested to do that, um, the feedback that I've gotten from them and the reason why they do it is because they have seen musicians who they give a few hours of studio time to come back to them and pay them for, for time, or they'll pay for a couple extra hours because they just didn't quite get it right. So it, I think it, in the end, it works out for, for everybody, but it really boils down to people's generosity. I want to say thank you guys for coming to the studio and doing this podcast with us. I want to wish you guys good luck tomorrow on your performance. Hope you guys win. Thank you. Yeah, thanks thank so much you. for having us. Through thunder, lightning, rain, and pounding snow, I will guide you home. I'll never let you go. We spoke with Trending Rex and Tess Considine the day before they performed at the Bitter Jester Battle of the Bands. And since then, we got an update from the event's organizer. Marcus, what did we find out about who ended up winning? Zaz won first place. Our guest, Trending Rex, made it to the finals. They came into second place. And in third place, Van Buren and Wales. There were about 2,000 people there to support the 11 groups that consisted of 44 musicians. All right. Well, congratulations to Trending Rex. You're on your way to the top. Before we go, I have one more thing. The week Marcus and I were putting together this episode, I did a storytelling workshop with a group of high schoolers involved with Mikvah Challenge. For those of you who don't know, Mikvah Challenge works with Chicago youth to encourage civic leadership. A few days after the workshop I did, I got an email from their advisor, Josh. He sent me a radio story that one of the students, a girl named Becky Crump, great name, by the way, put together on her own, on her own accord. And I think it's a great fit for this week. So with no further ado, one of our very first Minor Interruption contributors, Becky Crump. What is your talent and why? Uh, well, I think my talent would have to be um, drawing, I guess. And it's because like, I'm really good at it. And I don't know, I guess I can like really like, just like look at a picture and be able to copy it. My talent is poetry because it lets me find an inner peace in things that I do every day. My talent is writing because when I was younger, I used to get bullied a lot, so I express my anger and my darkness by writing stories and everything. So, my name is Asha, and my talent is poetry and writing, and I'm talented at it because I know how to use words in a way that no one else can. Creating animation is my talent, and the reason I believe why, because I've been doing it for 10 years. I never wanted to do animation at first. But when I started out, it was a natural down at, at School Matters. I was doing animation for them, and I was a new kid, but I've grown in the field, so I'm able to work with George Lucas and other big names in animation, and now I'm able to even teach animation to my fellow peers down at After School Matters. Communication, because I can go to any type of group of people and know how to speak to them. My talent is reading people. 
I guess it's really cool because a lot of the time you I can really diffuse a lot of situations that are going to happen. My talent is basketball because it's a passion I have. I like doing it, something fun. I'm a good listener because I'm pretty open-minded to things, to different perspectives, and I give people good advice. I'm a really fast learner. I can really get it faster than another person would. I'm a singer. I've been singing since I was very small. It's just something I kind of did. It came naturally to me, so I kept doing it. I intend to make a career out of it. Thanks to Becky for doing all of those interviews and putting that together. And thanks to Josh for sending it our way. If you have an idea for an episode or a story you think really needs to be told, let us know. Email us at minorinterruption at wbez.org. You'll also find this and other episodes on our SoundCloud page. Follow us on Twitter at WBEZ Education. Minor Interruption is a production of WBEZ Chicago. Our production team includes Joe Dassault, Iris Lynn, Becky Vivi, and myself, Marcus Blewett. You can subscribe to us and all of our podcasts in the iTunes store and learn more at wbez.org slash podcast. Chicago Public Media creates award-winning content about the issues that affect our community, our nation, and our world. For more information, go to chicagopublicmedia.org. Thanks for listening to this week's Minor Interruption. I'm Becky Vivi. And I'm Marcus Blewett. See you next week. Because we're going to get along.